Four Bees Too, The Bee House Saga. This is Katie Morikawa, and as you might tell from the title, this is a post in a series. Uh, it started with the post entitled Consider the Borer Bee, and actually before that it was um, Talking to the Bees. I've been on a run. <laughs> so those were episodes 23, 24, and then I... Um, did one sort of more generally about insects, our forgotten teachers, and uh, now we are on to in-depth with the Borobies and our saga with uh, trying to, you know, work with them with uh, a bee house. So at the end of Consider the Borobie, episode 24, now a few weekends ago, Michael and I built some cute bee houses for my friend and for our own house, inspired by the veritable plethora of DIY YouTube videos and Amazon products for housing solitary bees. The idea behind these houses is that you can deter borer bees from your wood siding by providing ready-made housing, which they prefer over the far greater effort involved in drilling their own. We hung the bee houses in likely spots per my original research, high on a south facing wall and out of high traffic areas, or near current nesting locations. For a week, our bee house remained empty with not a single curious visitor, unlike the videos I saw on YouTube. The report from the friend's house where I hung the houses next to where the bees were actively drilling was the same, empty. Drat. So I was feeling very depressed. What was I doing wrong? The videos all showed bees flying up right away to check out the holes drilled even into random chunks of wood. Was I too late? My research indicated that once they finish excavating their brood chambers, they lay their eggs and provision the chambers with food for their larvae. If they'd gotten that far, maybe I was too late. I tried talking to them in my mind like I've done with the wasps and hornets, to no avail. That method and its successes uh, can be listened to in Talking to the Bees, episode 23. I thought about the question I'd posed to a carpenter bee while planning the bee houses. Uh, where do you want me to put the bee house? I had gotten an immediate impression of an answer to that question, and it was, near the stove exhaust. I'd glanced at the exhaust port for our kitchen stove vent hood, which was high on the wall above the chair where I sit all the time, as well as a very high traffic area on our covered deck. I immediately dismissed this as fanciful thinking. It was ridiculous. How could this be known for aggressively defending its territory, albeit without a sting, you know, the males, they're the ones who patrol a, a territory and they don't have stingers. Um, I wasn't quite clear on that uh, during my first Borer Bee post, but I know that now. The males don't have stingers. And how could, but still, nonetheless, uh, how would it want to nest right near where we sit and walk every day? Besides, Michael didn't want it there, so we had hung it on the south wall, far enough away from our walkout basement door that it should get very little traffic. 
Now, as our bee house remained empty, I would periodically see a carpenter bee flying around the eaves of our covered deck near my sitting area and the stove exhaust. <laughs> Finally, I said, okay, okay, I'll move the bee house up here. So that was almost a week later. The next morning after Michael got it down for me, cause he had uh, screwed it into the south wall with like a Torx screw and he didn't, he didn't leave the drill here. And anyway, he got it down for me. And so then I set it on the handrail right across from my seating area just to see what would happen. Within an hour, I had sawdust at the base and bee butts in the holes. <laughs> Other native bees showed up immediately as well, including several leafcutter bees. I only know this because they stuffed green leaves in the holes. I was elated, both because I had succeeded and because it seemed as though I had received a communication from the bees acquiesced to their requests and been rewarded with their own prompt compliance in return. It had been a two-way dance. And by the way, if you are saying that they didn't like that south wall because it was too exposed and they would prefer a covered shelter, I actually watched a bee crawl into the siding higher up even on that south wall. And there were other holes you know, right nearby where we hung the house for, for that first week. And so they had chosen that spot on their own before and they were perfectly happy with it. So it wasn't that. <laughs> Although I have been thinking about these things. Anyway, it was a two-way dance in some form or another. And it also seemed maybe, I mean, it was a much wider, wilder speculation that maybe they wanted this particular location for other reasons than habitat suitability. You know, like I said, could they have wanted me to learn something more about them? Or maybe they were seeking an alliance. You know, maybe it was a little more instinctive than that, not so deliberate, but still they were like, ooh, a friendly human, this is good. I mean, I don't know. The boar bee is so hated that most of the information I could find on them relates to pest control. Even the science and ecology stuff only minimally addresses them with vague statements about their role as pollinators, while just as often recommending ways to kill or deter them from wood structures. You know, this is like ecological, like science papers, and they're like telling you how to kill the bees. And I'm like, what? This is a native pollinator. Also, the depth of scholarship just doesn't seem to be there. I mean, nothing says you don't matter like a lack of study. The idea seemed wildly improbable, and I suddenly wondered if I'd missed evidence that they had tried out the previous location, you know, on that south wall. Maybe they'd done some sawdust excavation, but didn't happen to be in the bee house when Michael took it down because they forage in the morning. You know, so I was like, I need to go check. And I was standing in my front yard, still marveling in joy at the bees, even as I held my questions. And, um, you know, as I'm standing there, this small orange and brown butterfly began swirling around me. You know, it seemed to swirl on the currents of my joy, you know, looping right around behind me as I stepped 
walked up onto our front step to watch it and then saw that it had landed improbably on my toe. You know, I looked down and stared at it in wonder and I asked, you too? It stayed there long enough for me to take a few photos and then swirled out into the yard, seeming to make for the back of the house. But I first had to put on shoes, so I went inside, and when I came back out, I found it bobbing back up into the front yard, you know, where you know it had started to go down, you know, behind the house. So it came back up it, and it landed on a paving stone and stayed there for a few minutes while I admired it and then flew off toward the back of the house, kind of, you know, going in circles. So I'm following it around and around to the exact location of my question, the ground below the previous site of the bee house. Like it, it dipped down to that exact spot. And there I saw, to my satisfaction, not a single trace of sawdust on the ground. With that recognition, the butterfly zipped off into the sunlight. You know, and I was stunned. Like, what does this mean? I I still don't know. I still don't know. Since then, I've watched the bees going in and out of the holes of the bee house excavating more sawdust from inside the chambers, you know, because they apparently like it quite smooth and we didn't have a Forstner bit the right size to do the job. And ejecting the leaf capsules deposited by the leaf cutter bees. (laughs) When I picked up the most fully formed of those leaf capsules and set it on the handrail to inspect and take pictures of it, I glanced over to see a female carpenter bee watching me from the front of one of the chambers. (laughs) You know, I got a distinct sense of a wary, watchful intelligence. And actually, numerous research studies have shown that bees and wasps can recognize faces, which is crazy. So far, it seems that these bees are quite territorial, with the female defending the nesting site in her own way. You know, the published literature describes the male as the defender, but it is clearly a shared enterprise. I can't imagine multiple species cohabiting in one of these bee houses, unless under very different circumstances. And yet, they have not exhibited any aggression toward us. Despite our regular presence very close to their brood house, and despite several of my own house guests peering in to look at them and milling about in the front yard where a male was flying sentry. This brings up so many philosophical questions. How much did the carpenter bees actually mentally communicate with me, and how much was just my intuition processing information? Could they have really wanted a high traffic location because of the chance to change hearts and minds about the hated borer bee? (laughs) I have not had the same sense of like a very distinct psychic communication with them like I have with wasps, hornets, and uh, you know, etc. Despite the series of communications and interactions that resulted in placing the bee house. 
nor have I produced truly dramatic results, like getting them to relocate in uncharacteristic ways. Indeed, the friend with the Borabees and her eaves was skeptical. I think she thought, as I too still kind of wonder sometimes, that they simply preferred the superior shelter of our covered deck. After No Bees took up residence in the bee houses on her property, she decided to call it quits on the experiment and call the exterminator instead. <laughs> so I failed to help those bees, and I realize it will take more work for me to come up with better methods for ordinary homeowners. And I was sad about it, but I tried not to let her know because I really didn't want to pressure her. You know, it is like, property damage and I understand it's expensive and you know she's gonna have to sell her home and not too long and anyway she has to make a practical decision and I respect that so but I was still sad <laughs> even Michael is nervous that we'll create an infestation and they'll spread out in droves into our wood siding um you know, even though he gave me a year, he keeps like flinching and making little comments. <laughs> but I am convinced that carpenter bee populations are limited by the, the availability of good food sources, which are flowers. Full stop. They do not eat wood. And so it is 100% logical that as long as you provide enough housing for the number of bees supported by flower food in your environment, that you should be able to avoid an infestation. In the next post, I'm going to explore some of my further research into the role carpenter bees play in the native landscape and to try to sort of get like an overview of all of that. So that is coming up next, Borobees 3, uh, Carpenter Bees as Native Pollinators, and episode 27. See you there. Oh. And by the way, if you want to see pictures of all of this, and um, I also created some like little graphic design. Anyway, it's mostly pictures of what's, you know, been going on and exactly where and all that. You can come to katiemorikawa.com and uh, look at Borobees 2. Borobees 2, the Bee House Saga. Bye. Thank you.